Well, the crawl back continues after last week's FOMC meeting. In fact, bond yields are back to where they were. The Nasdaq is higher than ever. And commodities are going through the roof as well. We'll look at the PMIs to get a snapshot of how each part of the world is doing. And the Bank of England today, with the UK seeing rising infections, but still very low hospitalizations and fatalities, are they getting to the stage where they can live with the virus? And could that change the tone of the central bank? And lockdowns for Wellington and maybe Sydney too as well. It's Thursday, the 24th of June, 2021. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Well, U.S. Treasury yields have really finished that slow crawl back after last week. Ten years, up another two basis points to 1.49%, which is pretty much where they were ahead of the FOMC meeting. Still low, of course, uh, compared to where they have been the last few months, of course. Uh, Yields are falling in Europe and Australia. And stocks not showing a clear direction in the U.S. this morning. The Dow is down 0.2%. The S&P 500 is up a tiny bit. Uh, The Nasdaq was up over a quarter percent. Tesla helped with that. They they hit a new all-time high on the Nasdaq stack uh, before losing a large chunk of those gains. And the US dollar dipped a little today, then bounced back up. So it's a little up this morning, even so the Aussie has managed a, a quarter percent move up, uh, more uh, much smaller moves for the pound and the euro. The US dollar up 0.3% on the Japanese yen. And com- commodities on the rise, Brent crude up 0.7%, back over $75 a barrel for the first time since October 2018. And copper up over 2%. In fact, it hit $433 a pound today. Its all-time record, of course, was over 488 just a couple of weeks back and uh, well over the double the price early on in the pandemic. So uh, commodities sharply on the rise. David DeGarris is Director Economics for Markets at NAB in London. He joins me today. Uh, so more of that slow move back to uh, where we were before the FOMC meeting last week. In fact, I think we're there, aren't we? Although equities have more than recovered with that new record for the NASDAQ. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been an inter- interesting day, hasn't it, Phil? We've had a little bit of everything in one way. I mean... Um now, look at US 10 years, as you said, uh, what, 1.49. Uh, I checked what that yield was on the 10 years before the Fed announcement came out last night. You know what it was? It was 1.487. And in the meantime, we've been down to 135 and as high as, what, 159. So it's done the complete round robin, hasn't it? But uh, so we've seen sort of uh, long-end yields creeping up, short-end yields creeping up a little bit in, in the US today. Certainly been instances of the sort of the classic reflation trade, you know, support for um, commodities, as you said there, uh, oil, not just oil, but the base metals, um, and uh, US dollar depends on your point of reference, but you know I usually take sort of uh, opening levels from this morning in London and uh, Aussie Euro Kiwi, uh, even the Canadian dollar, which had a, a very bad retail sales number today. Even it's done a little bit better, so some further incremental softness in the US dollar. But of course, it where where are we on the Aussie now? Seventy five seventy. Um, we're not back to seventy seven cents, but uh, we we were testing below seventy five cents at, at at one stage earlier in the week. But a little bit of all over the place. But certainly some vestiges of the uh, the reflation trade coming back for sure. But those commodities, I mean, they are sharp moves we're seeing now, aren't they? I mean, the, the Chinese have been very concerned about this. They've been trying to hold back the price of copper. They mm. they, they sold off twenty thousand tons of their state metal reserves, but uh, that's apparently not made a jot of difference because uh, we saw copper rise up so much today and oil up a lot as well uh, today. Indeed, indeed. So uh, the Chinese have endeavor- been endeavouring to 
uh, at least make their domestic market participants, you know, warning them about, uh, you know, particular, you know, derivative positions and the like in commodities. But in the final analysis, it depends upon, you know, the real demand for the metals and uh, and the supply. And on that front, you know, we've we've seen, uh, you know, it's just it, it's gotten support. So. Um, Commodities certainly uh, sort of took a hit, you know, on that fear of earlier Fed tightening. Mm. But it's it's uh, it's coming back quite yeah. nicely now. Well, so, I mean, you know, there were two indicators for that. I mean, supply and demand. We had a big fall in stocks. The EIA reports. Uh, uh, so demand. This is for oil. So demand is obviously uh, pushing thing prices up quite nicely. And then uh, on the copper, demand is just going to increase. I saw a quote today from the CEO of Glencore uh, saying that copper supplies need to increase by 1 million tonnes a year until 2050 to meet the expected demand of 60 million tonnes, which is twice where we are now. Indeed, indeed. I mean, uh, I I did hear some of that interview with Ivan Glassenberg, and um, he was talking about the... um, you know, to, to meet the EV targets and, and the uh, climate change targets, you know, and the amount of metals you need, uh, copper, um, cobalt and so forth. And, um, you know, where is, it, where is it going to come from? So it seems to be a bit of a clash there between the targets and where the supply will come from, you know, within the next 10 years. So given the lead times it takes to get these sort of projects going it's um it's a tall order yeah so we could see it keep on rising couldn't we for that reason look uh, let's look at pmis because it was a veritable pmi a thon over the last 12 hours it was it was a pmi a thon today <laughs> so europe <laughs> services and manufacturing up more than expected uk services a little weaker us services quite a bit weaker but still at 64.8 i don't think we're going to complain about that. it's still growing just a just a slowdown in that growth indeed uh, i think you know the the, the takeaway there was First of all, you know, we didn't see uh, all of the numbers increase. So these are uh, the PMIs are really um, measures of momentum or measures measures of change. So when we talk about these numbers get going up or going down, we're talking about whether it's accelerating or decelerating. We're not talking about the level. But, I mean, all of them are, you know, you mentioned the services sector, and I think that's where they're, the focus has been with reopening of the economies. You know, uh, we've seen that here in the UK and in Europe as well as the vaccination program uh, gets underway away there more fully. And you're talking about um, PM, service PMIs in the high 50s, if if not in the 60s. So, uh, and they're reporting, um, you know, good levels of orders. Uh, in the case of the UK, I think recruitment at what unprecedented rates. So lots of adjectives used to talk that up and um, and bottleneck still, although even the German report suggested that lead times may be just easing a little there. So uh, just those sort of little observations are worth worth um, worth reading, but generally pretty strong, to be quite honest, Phil, and we'll get a bit more colour still on that uh, tomorrow with the German IFO survey and the French uh, NC business survey. But be, 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 it'll be hard to imagine that they won't be difficult and they're different, too different from sort of message we've had yeah. today. INSEE being the French uh, statistics uh, indeed, bureau, indeed. isn't it? I mean, when you say it's an INSEE business survey, I mean, it's just a very, I was just thinking, well, just an INSEE and it's a very small sample, but no, it's the, it's not INSEE. <laughs> no, it's not an INSEE ween, wincy. <laughs> so uh, you mentioned retail sales for Canada. They were well down in April, but of course, you know, with all of these numbers, I mean, it's normally one thing, isn't it? Either, you know, lack of supply or 
or lack of de- lack of demand being driven by lockdowns. And of course, in in April, Ontario and British Columbia, correct, there was a stay at home order pretty yes. much all the way through that month. Indeed, and and in May as well. So the uh, mm. the statistics, or at least as far as Ontario is concerned. Um, so, um, well, the April numbers are down 5.7. It's followed some pretty punchy numbers in, in, the, in the lead up to that. Um, but when you've got retail sales down 5.7%, I think a, a fifth of clothing stores were closed at least for five days during April. Um, you saw, what, a 28% fall in, in clothing sales. So some pretty... Negative numbers, but indeed, um, after things are improving and then suddenly you get this rise in infections, what their their third lockdown and you get stay-at-home orders, mm. it's sort of, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a heads-up moment, well and truly, isn't it, yeah. for, uh, for consumers? Well, they were, of course, Canada at that stage were very low on vaccines, weren't they? I think they've picked up a little bit now, but obviously not as well as the UK is doing. And it, it's interesting, the quantum difference, I think we might need to examine this a bit uh, in uh, in coming weeks on the morning call, because if you look at uh, the, the number of infections is, is definitely rising in the UK, and with it also the number of people who are going off to hospital and uh, sadly the number of fatalities. But it's a quantum difference to where they were at the beginning of the year. So the seven-day average at the beginning of the year in the UK was 60,000 cases per day and deaths then were about one in 50. And now fatalities are about one in 800. So massive difference. And I think they're going to be the numbers to watch, aren't they? Because if you look at other parts of the world, they haven't reached that. Even the United States, which uh, uh, is... uh, it has basically the same number of vaccines rolled out as a proportion of the population. They're still seeing one in 40 infections resulting in a fatality. So, and their fatalities generally much higher than they are in the in the UK. And it's a similar story, you know, the, those numbers are pretty much of that magnitude as well. So the UK is doing something. It's going to be interesting to see what that is. And I wonder whether, uh, I mean, there's, there's talk about uh, COVID uh, passports being introduced in the UK. In fact, I think the NHS app that people are using has now got that so people can get a QR code, which would make it easier for them to go to events and to travel. So I wonder whether Britain is now learning to live with the vaccine and whether that will affect the Bank of England. Could they become more hawkish? Will we start to hear about that today, for example? It's one of those... Uh, meetings where you don't get the up, there's not the quarterly inflation report, but there will be a statement and there will be a vote tallied. So I think the first, I mean, obviously the market will be looking at the, the statement itself. No one's expecting any change, although last time there was one dissenter, um, Andy Haldane, and he will very, very likely almost odds on to dissent again. But will there, will there be more than that? So, um, that that will be one one takeaway, I think, from the from from the meeting uh, first thing when the London market opens tonight. Yeah, and you mentioned German IFO uh, later on. U.S. durable goods orders as well for May. The final uh, read on Q1 GDP growth as well for the U.S. But look, loads of Fed speakers: Bostic, Harker, Williams, Bullard. I hope they've all got the the, the same photocopied <laughs> script. <laughs> Indeed, indeed. We've had, I don't know how many we've had this week. Maybe we've already had well over a dozen, haven't we? We've all said the same thing, haven't we? <laughs> well, not quite. I mean, Kaplan and others have been a little bit more hawkish, and even Bostic, who is a, um, has been on the more dovish side, but he said today that his uh, rate liftoff is at the end of 2022, and he thinks they'll be tapering in the next few months. So 
But you know, we heard that from the uh, from the chairman, didn't we? That um, that tapering discussion has begun now. So all depends on how the employment numbers roll out over the next few months. Yeah. All right. We'll wait and see, won't we? Great talk. We'll catch you again soon. Thanks, Dave. We'll do, Phil. Cheers. Um, not much market reaction to Wellington. Wellington going into uh, into lockdown uh, in the last twenty four hours, and let's see what's going to happen in Sydney. You would have thought in Wellington they would just blow away, wouldn't you? Uh, that's it for today. I'm Phil Dobby for now. Back again tomorrow morning. See you then. 